from a a television series called The West Wing a few years ago, and it symbolized the power and authority of the President of the United States, the most powerful person in the free world. Today we're continuing a series called Promises, Promises, and today I think we all find ourselves in this place where we are, we're in one of the, I think we're in one of the nastiest political campaigns I think I have seen in my lifetime. This week just seems to have brought it to a new low. These candidates who are working to become president of the United States, they say they're fighting for us, but it seems like, particularly over the last few days, they're spending all their time fighting each other and fighting to defend their own reputations. What I want to see more than anything else in the next presidential debate tonight, I don't think I'm going to see, but I'm hoping to see some humility. I'm hoping to see some humility and that there would be a submission to the desires of the American people. But my guess is the word submission will will be one of the few words that isn't exchanged tonight at that debate. Today we're talking about what it means to submit or to promise to submit. And to be fair, I think this isn't something that just politicians struggle with. I think this is something we all struggle with. I mean, how many of us would be willing to say that we like submitting to other people, right? I mean, my guess is aren't too many hands going to be raised when I bring that question up. How many of us just love submitting to other people, right? Whether it's submitting to our spouse or someone in authority over us. There's this chip in us, particularly as Americans, that says, I don't have to submit because I don't fully agree, Right? Or, I can't submit because I don't really respect him or her. There's this independent American spirit that's still alive today that motivates us to challenge, to question, and even to defy authority. Right? You know, in my years of serving in world missions before going into the pastorate, one of the things that surprised me, really surprised me, was as I started working in several other cultures around the world, how different... Other parts of the world see this idea of submission. Whether it's African cultures, Asian cultures, many Arab cultures, this idea of submitting to political authority is a big deal. This idea of submitting to spiritual authority, to to pastors or or clerics, or submitting to even family authority, the the, the leadership of a family is, is a really big deal. Even clans in different places like Afghanistan and Pakistan. These, this idea of, spirit, of authority in, in any realm is a real big deal. In fact, there's a saying that I learned in one African culture that went like this. The nail that is sticking up is the nail that gets hammered down. In other words, the person who thinks they're going to defy authority, well, we'll take care of that. And it, wasn't, it was because they saw that this idea of submitting to leadership was essential to living the way God wants us to live. But what does God have to say about this idea of submission, really? I mean, have you ever thought about that? Are we supposed to submit in all circumstances? What is submission all about? How do we submit to someone that we don't agree with or that we don't really respect? How can we... How can we submit to a president, whoever he or she is, in the next election? Does that mean we just need to move to Canada or Mexico or something after the next election? Right? I mean, Rocky Point's looking really good these days, I just have to tell you. <laughs> but what, what does God expect of us when it comes to submission? What are we supposed to do when those in authority are doing what we don't think they should be doing? Or they're behaving in a way that we don't think they should be behaving? Whether it's in government, at work, in the church, or even, even in the home. What if that person who is in authority over us 
is just wrong? Or what if they're even evil? When and how do we challenge authority? And when do we step back and submit and trust God? (sighs) I think this is an important concept. And this is one, thankfully, that Scripture speaks to very clearly. I think it's one that many of us are going to find as we dig into this this morning. We're going to struggle with So I'm just going to kind of put a warning out there even as we get into this this morning. This is going to be an area that many of us are going to struggle with a little bit. But I want to encourage you to stick with this and see what God might have to say with you through it. Turn with me, if you would, to Romans chapter 13. We're going to be kind of camped out there in Romans 13. And as you're turning there, let me just say this. In, in all areas of life, submitting to others is a godly thing. Submission honors God. But more than that, it teaches us humility and it teaches us trust in the provision and the power of God. It's something that God calls all of us to do, even even when we don't want to. So Romans chapter 13, as we start, let me just pray once more. I think we're going to need it. (laughs) Lord, we ask for your help today as we dig into this passage of scripture. Lord, this is one of those tough ones. This is one I haven't preached on in a real, I don't even know that I have even preached a message on this one, Lord. Well, this is an area even I struggle with sometimes in my own life. But Lord, I pray that today that you would help us to see the bigger picture. Help us, Lord, to see what your plan is when it's, when it, as it relates to humility and respect and honor and submission especially. Help us, Lord, to see from your word how we can honor you by submitting to authority in every area of our lives. For Lord, we're doing it in your name. Amen. All right. Are we ready for this? Okay. Romans 13, starting in verse 1. Here's how it starts. Everyone must submit to governing authorities. For all authority, notice, not some, all authority comes from God And those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. That's pretty clear, isn't it? There's no ambiguity there. I wish there were a little bit more ambiguity than there was in that one. Do you know who this this book was originally written to? You know, it was a letter. You know who it was originally written to? It was originally written by Paul to a church in Rome. This little church had sprouted up in the heart of the Roman Empire, right there in the city of Rome, in the city where the emperor reigned from. And the emperor at that time was an emperor by the name of Nero. Now, if you know anything about history, here's what you know. Nero, by all accounts, was one of the most vile, ungodly men who have ever been in a place of authority. I mean, Christian or non-Christian, no one really liked Nero. He was not only misguided, but he was evil, many would say. And he saw himself as a god, and he placed himself as a god. And anyone who dared cross him in any way, he would gladly take care of. I mean, the wholesale persecution of Christians by Romans started with him, started with Nero at this time, as he burned Christians on posts and lit them up along the road like torches all along the city of Rome. I mean, imagine if one of our presidential candidates were elected and they got into office and they started blaming Christians for all the problems in America and started executing Christians wholesale. I mean, submitting to that person would probably be the hardest thing you've ever done in your life, right? That's what's happening here. That is the context in which God speaks to the church in Rome. 
This church that has sprouted up. This church that is struggling with the idea of submission to authority. Especially, especially an authority like this man. God's not saying to them or to us to submit as long as we agree with what's being done. Or to submit as long as the person in authority is a good person or a wise person. God says submit despite that. Why? Because God says, and this is the hard one. God says, because I gave them that leadership authority. Even Nero, Scripture's saying here, I, God's saying, I put Nero in the place of authority. Some of you have struggled with Obama or you've struggled with George W. Bush and you think, you know, how in the world did they get in the office? Well, Romans tells us God had something to do with it. In fact, Daniel 2, 21 says this, God controls the course of world events. He removes kings and sets up others. You see, every authority that is established has been in part by the appointment of God himself. Now, this passage that we're looking at today in Romans 13, it's, it's talking about submitting to government authorities, but the Bible doesn't stop there. First Peter says this. It says, Obey and respect every human authority in your life, not just the ones that you agree with. The book of Titus talks about submitting to authority, and it says not only, not only should we not talk bad about those in authority, or we shouldn't fight with them, we should be gentle instead and show humility. And to not do so, it says in Titus, is to be foolish and disobedient. Take, for example, leadership in the church. I mean, Hebrews 13 says this. Obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. Their work is to watch over your souls and they are accountable to God. Give them reason to do this with joy and not sorrow. You see... In the days of the New Testament, there were a group of young men in one particular church that were starting to rebel against the leadership, the spiritual leadership of their church. And Peter noticed that. In the book of 1 Peter, he reminds these young men to submit. And he says, not only do I want you to submit, I want you to do so with genuine humility. And he says, in that, in that, in that passage of Scripture, he says, if, young men, if you will humble yourself in the sign of the Lord, God will lift you up at the right time. In all areas of life, submission builds humility and trust in the power and the provision of God. Our humility, guys, our humility shows that we trust God is at work, even when it's not readily apparent. Now, as I'm letting that settle in for a minute, honesty moment here, okay? Let me tell you the authority that I struggle with the most just going to be honest, my friendly, all-helpful neighborhood HOA. How many of you have an HOA? Raise your hands. Most of you. Forgive me. I grew up in the rural south where we had this crazy idea that the land you bought and paid for, you could use however you wanted. I never even heard of an HOA until 21 years ago when I moved to Arizona. And I thought, who in the world came up with that idea? Now, if you're on an HOA board and you're here this morning, let me just say... I love you. God loves you. Please forgive me. Take some cotton in your ears and just stick in your ears for just a minute. I'm going to go off on a little, very quick rant. We've created jobs for people in this country to, tell, to drive down the street and tell me not to park on the street in front of my house without giving me a ticket. It just makes absolute no sense to me. I, you, you can get fined for having your trash can out in front of your house too long or for not painting your mailbox or not painting it the right color. 
I mean, I literally got a, a letter just a few weeks ago from my friendly neighborhood HOA because they had driven by my yard and they said, you have weeds in your yard. If you don't pull them, we're going to find you. And I'm thinking, I just pulled the weeds a few weeks ago. There can't be any. And I look and I, I found one weed. You think I'm a pastor. I'm exaggerating. I, I promise you, I'm not exaggerating. One weed in front of my yard and it was about an inch to an inch and a half tall. And I thought, surely they're mistaken. So I call them and I say, hey, you sent me a letter. Could you come by and show me where the weeds are? Well, we don't have time for that. Well, you had time to send me a letter. You had time to drive by my house. Can't you show me? No, we don't have time for that. Okay. This is an area in my life. I'm just, just being honest here. This is one of those areas where submission to authority I struggle with a little bit. There was a time in my life several years ago when I lived in the Phoenix area. My friendly neighborhood HOA told me and several other people in our street that we need to repaint our houses and what color we should repaint them. And I thought, okay, that's it. We're done. I thought, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start a coup here. And I started, I started printing up these little flyers and sticking them in our neighborhood's doors. I'm like, let's gather together. We're going to revolt against the HOA in the next meeting. Show up with me. And about two days later, God grabbed me by the neck and just like, David, what are you doing? And I realized this was something that God was doing in me that I had to let go of. I needed to be able to submit my will. Even though I think the decisions they were making were just so stupid, I had to make a decision to honor God, show love to God by submitting. Honestly, I think I get this from my mom. I I was just there a few days ago visiting with my mom and dad and I was in the back we were driving into town they had to get some paperwork signed and I was they were, my dad was driving my mom was in the front seat I was in the back and I'm watching my 65 year old parents have the argument not once not twice but three times on this trip about the speed limit because my dad is determined in this season of his life he is going to submit to the authority and the authority says drive 55 and by buddy he is going to drive 55 not 56 and it is driving my mom bless her heart insane <laughs> three times she had this argument with my mom with my dad and she's like would you just pull over on the side of the road and let me drive I have things to do today you are holding me up my kids are coming over for dinner I'm not going to get it done when you poking down the street let me drive you know, but my mom is just just a struggle for her. And this one little seemingly insignificant, trivial area about submission and what it means to submit. And I'm not picking on my, myself or my mom. I think for all of us, right? For all of us, there's those, there are those little places in our lives where we just have that American spirit that says, rebel, push back, do it my way. If you don't like what you're seeing happen, just defy it. And there's something I think that scripture says to us about moments when we just need to take a step back and submit. To dis- we can disagree, but to do so in a spirit of submission and honor and respect. Submission is not something we do when we think it's warranted or when we think it makes sense. We, Romans says we do it because, number one, it's ordained by God. And number two, because disrespect of authority takes us outside, listen to this, Disrespect of authority takes us outside of God's will and God's blessing. Look at verse 2. It's going to get harder here, guys. Hang on. So anyone who rebels against authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and they will be punished. For the authorities do not strike fear in people who are doing right, but in those who are doing wrong. Would you like to live without fear of the authorities? Do what is right, and they will honor you. 
The authorities are God's servants. Notice this. Sent for your good. But if you're doing wrong, of course you should be afraid, for they have the power to punish you. They are God's servants. Sent for the very purpose of punishing those who do what is wrong. So you must submit to them, not only to avoid punishment, but also to keep a clear conscience. Because God created leadership and authority for people's well-being. Fighting against it is actually opposing God. God says in verse 4, You should be afraid if you don't submit to them because they are all my servants, even Nero. Let me give you an example of this. Have you ever been driving down a street here in town and you felt this momentary wave of fear come rolling over you as you drove down the road and you saw a cop hidden in the bushes? Right? I mean, if you had this experience, or maybe, maybe you saw the bike, one of those Ore Valley bike cops, and he had the, the, the speed gun pointed right at your car, right? In that moment, this wave of fear comes over you. Why? Because you assume in that moment, maybe I'm doing something wrong, right? I mean, if you were the model citizen, if you never sped, if you never disobeyed a traffic law, and you saw a cop, you'd be like, hey, thanks for, thanks for protecting us. Thanks for doing your job, Right? But in those moments when that fear comes over us, why are we feeling that fear? We're feeling it, Romans 13 is telling us, because we're do, maybe we're doing something wrong. And if we're not doing anything wrong, we have no reason to fear. Right? Now, I say that, but I, I just feel like I need to put this in context. That, that, is, that is true as a general rule, but there are situations where there is injustice. There are situations when those who are in authority perpetuate injustice. And there are times when... Just because someone's in authority, just because you're doing things right, doesn't mean that you won't be punished or you won't suffer from it. I mean, we, we have seen that in the history of our country uh, with racism. We're seeing even some of it today as some as segments of our society do not feel safe around cops. Whether they're right or wrong, that feeling exists and we need to pay attention to it. But the question arises here, as I'm saying it, do we promise to submit even if something is happening is unjust or if it means contradicting Scripture? Well, let me, let me answer that question by starting with the back end of it. Let me start with the Scripture part. God's law, Scripture says, supersedes man's law, just like federal law supersedes state law. A state can pass a law, and it's fine as long as, say, the Supreme Court doesn't come out and say, no, states, you can't do that. As soon as they say that and they, pass, they, they have a majority, then whatever state law was against what the Supreme Court says, it's, it doesn't even count anymore, right? And the same is true with God's law. We are called to obey all man's laws as long as they don't defy God's law. But the moment that they defy God's law, that is the moment where Scripture says you can take a turn and you can defy authority. You can still do so with respect and honor and submission, but you defy it. A great example of this was Peter. Peter found himself in that place as he was pulled before some leaders and challenged about why he was sharing Jesus in the book of Acts. And he says, he looks at them in the eyes and he says, I'm sorry, but I must obey God rather than men. You see, he had a higher law that he was to follow and that was the Great Commission, which said, go into the world and share with everyone about Christ. And whatever man's law was created that defied that, he had to ignore in order to fulfill the Great Commission, which he saw as supreme. There have been some people, particularly women, 
who have had this question that, that they brought this to me in years past, in my, all my years of ministry, where they come to me and say, Dave, my, my husband, and sometimes it's been the other way around, but oftentimes not. My, my husband says, he doesn't want me going to church. So how do I respect authority in that situation? How do I submit to that? And I say, well, what does God's law say? Hebrews 10.25 says, do not forsake the gathering of yourselves together. Sounds like you're in a challenging situation where you need to defy uh, that authority in your life. And you need to submit to the authority of God. But even in those moments, even in those moments when we are called to submit to a spouse, we can do so respectfully and humbly. Look at verse 6. We're going to see how the the Roman church was really struggling with this idea. He says, pay your taxes, too, for these same reasons. For government workers need to be paid. They are serving God in what they do. Give to everyone what you owe them. Pay your taxes and government fees to those who collect them. And give respect and honor to those who are in authority. And see, here's, here's where the situation gets really tough for these Roman Christians. You see, they're, they're, by this point... It, it was common knowledge that the emperor, had, the emperor knew how much he wanted from each individual in taxes. And so he would hire these thugs and say, basically, you can collect whatever you want to in taxes. I will deem you a tax collector. Go collect whatever you want from anybody you want. As long as you collect what I want and you give it to me, you can charge them whatever you want. I don't care. And they were doing that. And these Christians and others were being robbed blind. And Christians were standing up and saying, no, no, I ain't paying that. And notice what Paul tells them to do here. He says, yeah, even though, it, even though it seems completely wrong, even though everything in you wants to just defy that, he says, submit to that authority. And show honor and respect even in the midst of that. Verse 7, give honor and respect to those in authority and pay the tax. Now, what this doesn't say Let me clarify. What this doesn't say is shut up and roll over. Don't try to change the law. It doesn't say you can't disagree. But submit by showing humility and respect. Now, if there were ever a man in modern times that struggled with this concept, it was a preacher by the name of Martin Luther King Jr., right? I mean, he was in in the 60s, 50s and 60s, he was facing segregation laws in this country that every fiber of his being said was not only unjust, they were evil, and they were hurting other people. And rather than inciting riots or violence as a pastor, he went to God and he cried out for God to God in those early years and said, God, show me how I can promise to fight for my people and to submit to the governing authorities at the same time because I don't see how that works. And he, over time, God showed him how to do this and do this well, Right? He did it with humility. He led marches and he led sit-ins. And even as he was was attacked by other people in the community and even cops at times, he said, do not fight back. Respect those who are even enforcing these laws by beating you to a pulp. And God used him to change a nation. Could God have used him if he would have incited violence and riots and doing everything he could to stir up trouble, start a rebellion? I don't know. God used that. 
You know, there's a more modern day example than that that I just heard a few days ago about a young man by the name of Kumar. A couple of weeks ago, we celebrated Freedom Sunday. We reminded ourselves a couple of weeks ago that there are 45 million people in the world today that are still being held in bondage and in slavery. 21st century, and we're still dealing with this problem. And India is one, of, one such place. Take a look at this. working 14, 18 hour days with very little sleep, no freedom, dignity is taken away from them. And, and that's something nobody should have to endure. We had a number of years ago, two of the bond laborers escaped from a facility. And they were tracked down by the owners of the facility and, and brought back. And as a punishment for what they had done, their hands were chopped off. We would go to the government officers and we'd say, Sir, there is a bonded labor case. And almost always the response was, There is no bonded labor in my area. What are you talking? How much? 30? Yeah, yeah, we're free. Ruchira, there's a girl who's very afraid. Almost unable to walk. This is Kumar. He was abandoned by his mother, and his father was suddenly killed. Orphaned and alone, he was accountable for his parents' debts. And at just seven years old, he was forced into slavery. Kumar remembers a day where he was so ill he couldn't get out of bed. Immediately, his owner came looking for him. Kumar was trapped by debt and a slave owner who beat him continuously. He, like so many, had no remaining hope for a way out. So this is where the rubber meets the road, right? This is where this tension between this promise to fight and this promise to submit can be the toughest. I mean, could you imagine yourself being a... a, worker in this country uh, from the states and seeing what you're seeing and realizing there's nothing I can do. I mean, it seems like an impossible situation. You, you see this is happening. It's right in front of you. You go to the governing authorities and say, there is slavery happening right here in town. And they say, oh, no, 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 no. There's no, there, there's no such thing. What do you do? What do you do? How, how, do, you, how do you balance this willingness to fight and this willingness to submit? Well, I'll tell you what this group of people did. They were working for International Justice Mission at the time, and they went to God and they said, God, how do we do this? How do we balance these two things? How do we balance this need to fight for what's right and to submit to the authorities in this area? And they re- in that moment, they refused to criticize. They refused to talk bad about the cops, but they decided to pray. 
And as they prayed, they decided, let's start gathering proof, unmistakable proof of what's going on. And they did so. They gathered video footage of what was happening. And they went to the governing authorities once more and they said, here you go. Here's what we found. This will prove to you without a doubt there's bonded labor. There's slavery happening right here in town. We submit to you to do with this whatever you want. We're giving you all the footage. And they walked away. And in that moment, they trusted God to do something there. Take a look at how this ended up. When the team arrived in the morning and entered the brick factory, 15 men, women, and children were rescued and given their freedom back. Then, they were each given a certificate to prove that they no longer owe any debts to their former owner. After being rescued, IJM placed Kumar in their aftercare program to heal. You'd ask him a question anytime, no matter what, and he would say, the one thing I want to do, sir, is I want to study. He was clear about that. And then, they enrolled him in school for the first time. Today, he is studying to be a social worker to help those still suffering like he did. When the team arrived in the morning and entered the brick factory, running again. 15... May we be people like that. People who fight for what is right while at the same time being humble and submitting to those in authority out of love for God. Most of us will never experience anything like that in this world. We have no idea what true, true injustice is like. But we'll all have those times when God calls us to submit to something or to someone that we don't like, right? In each of these areas, the secret is to learn how to disagree agreeably. One of the things that I've noticed as a pastor in this faith tradition I'm a part of, and this church is a part of, the Evangelical Covenant Church, is something that people in this denomination call the covenant way. And that's a phrase that's been been used now for decades. And here's what it means. It means we will stand for what is right. We will challenge each other, but we will disagree agreeably, even when we think something is wrong. And there are times when decisions are made by leaders and there are others, other pastors, other faith leaders who say they, they just they don't believe that's the, the God's will. But rather than being divisive about it, rather than trying to raise a stink about it, right, rather than trying to tear down or to challenge authority, to challenge leadership, the covenant way is to come from under, power from under, and to say, this, what, we're struggling with this, can you help us to understand? And not ignoring the problem, but not challenging it openly and divisively either. In fact, whenever someone is challenging and not being submissive to leadership, even when something's wrong, that's when everybody on both sides cries foul. And that's the way it should be. Romans 12.10, love one another with brotherly affection, outdo one another 
showing honor. So let me wrap up today by asking you this. Maybe, maybe you're hearing this message today and you're thinking about that area of your life where you struggle with authority. There's this situation, there's this person in your life, there's this agency, this organization, and God has called you to submit to that authority and everything in you just wants to say no. Maybe it's something as simple as the next president of the United States. <laughs> and you're like, how can I submit to someone or something that I just do not agree with at all? Maybe it's a little more personal to you. Maybe it's submitting to your mother or father in a way that's unlike anything you've ever done before because God's convicting you to love them in that way, even when you disagree with them. Maybe it's, maybe it's that doctor that you have that has a horrible bedside manner and everything in you wants to just give him a piece of your mind. Or that flight attendant on that next flight next week and you're, you're cramped in this little seat you know, and you know, they're telling you to leave your seat tray up and to not have your laptop out and all this stuff and everything you, wants to do, you just want to give them a piece of your mind and in that moment, God asks you to submit. Maybe it's your boss or your kid's Cub Scout leader. I, I don't know. Maybe it's your spouse. Here's what God's showing me lately. Submitting to others, I believe, is one of the greatest expressions of love that we know. As it says to someone, I love and I respect you enough to lay down my will, my desires for yours. Maybe you can't do that for the person in authority right for you, of you over you right now because you just don't love them at all. You have no love or respect for them. Can you say, I love and respect my God enough to lay down my will for yours. In all areas of life, submission is a godly thing. Submission teaches us humility. It teaches us to trust in the power and the provision of God. In what areas of your life this morning is God calling you to humbly submit? Are you willing to lay down your will, your desires, your plans, your agenda to respectfully submit to that authority? Whose authority in your life is it really hard to accept or respect? How is God asking you to submit and to trust His power and provision in your life? Would you pray with me? Lord, I just want to thank you for this time today and... Uh, Lord, I know this is a challenging message for some of us. It, it certainly has been for me. Lord, this idea of submitting to authority sometimes can be really tricky. It can be really hard. And Lord, there's this, this American culture that has been present in this nation for over 200 years that says rebel, defy authority. If you don't like something, you challenge it. And Lord, what we're learning today from Romans 13 and 1 Peter and Titus and so many other places of Scripture is that we have to do so with a spirit of submission and humility and honor and respect. God, help us in that, those moments when we're just angry and we want to do it our way. Help us in those moments when we just want to kind of blow over and roll over everyone around us who aren't doing things the way we want and instead to choose things that aren't as good in our minds for what is best, and that is honoring and submitting. Lord, today I ask that even as we're in prayer together that you would just clarify for each one of us 
Give us those, those pictures, those memories of those areas of our lives where we struggle with submission. And Lord, help us today, each one of us, to make a commitment to you, a promise to submit. To submit to your leadership and any leadership that you put in our lives. Lord, may you make us into the men and women of God that you've called us to be as we learn to do this well. Let me just also ask of you, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here today and this idea of submission is especially meaningful to you because you've never, never really submitted to God. You've never surrendered your heart and life to God. I want to ask you to consider making that decision today. Maybe you've, maybe you've said it externally. Maybe you've believed all the right things, but you've never really surrendered. But you've never been willing to bow your knee to do what God asks you to do, to be obedient even in times when it's hard. You've been willing to do it only when it's, when it's easy and convenient. What would it look like for you to completely surrender today? To trust Him with everything, even your life, even those things that are the most precious and dear to you those people that are the most precious and dear to you. Maybe you're here today and you surrendered to Christ years ago and you kind of walked away from it because it just got too hard and life got too fast and you just decided to walk away from your faith in some, in some respects. What would it look like for you today to submit once again and to trust your Creator, your God, who knows what is best for you and loves you far more than you'll ever imagine on this side of heaven. If that's you today, I want to encourage you, whether you're listening online or here in this room, to pray this prayer with me in the silence of your heart. Heavenly Father, we come to you today and we all realize this need to submit. Lord, for so often we, we, we are convinced that we know what's best, we know what's right. And Lord, everything in us wants to, wants to push back and to fight and rebel. Lord, help us to understand what it means to balance the two. And Lord, this morning we start by asking for you to forgive us. Forgive us for those moments when we have rebelled. Those moments we have sinned. Those moments we haven't followed your will or the will of others who are in authority over us. But we ask that you would forgive us of all those things. That we, as we truly repent and we ask that you would lead our lives. As we confess that you are our Savior and Lord who humbly submitted himself and died on a cross so that we could live and live life abundantly. Lord, thank you for that example that you yourself set for us when it comes to humility and submission. Lord, as we spend our last moments here today and we prepare to re-enter the world, to re-enter the mission field before us, Lord, help us to keep this in the forefront of our minds and to submit, to surrender to you each and every moment of every day. In Jesus' name, amen.